You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining in. For more information about Glory Day and next steps you can take with us, check out gdlc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Certainly, this is a week to give thanks and to pause in the service and just appreciate the blessings that God has given us. And this is very overwhelming uh, to be able to see the donations that you all have brought in. And, and as I see this, this is just a, a sampling, a, a small uh, token of generosity that we can give back uh, to those in need. And today is really uh, about getting ready for this week, uh, about Thanksgiving and giving thanks for everything that God has given us. And as we lean into this week, I really love what Garrison Keillor has to say about Thanksgiving. If you don't know Garrison Keillor, uh, he is an author and a storyteller uh, and a very humorous guy. Uh, And he had this uh, Minnesota public radio show called Prairie Home Companion. Uh, And that ran from 1974 to 2016. And as a part of that show, uh, he would make fun of a lot of people uh, in a good way, especially Lutherans, which I really appreciated. Um, And so here's what he said at one point about the challenge of Thanksgiving, and maybe you might resonate with this. Garrison says, here's the challenge of Thanksgiving. To gather among our family who know us a little too well and have an amiable occasion, enjoyed equally by all, where nobody is stabbed through the heart with a carving knife. (laughs) We're a mobile, over-caffeinated people, and at every family gathering, amid the aroma of turkey and sage and squash and sweet potatoes and a few pounds of butter, you'll find some edgy individualists, someone who knows the true story about what happened on January 6th, the story that the mainstream media is keeping suppressed, a Tea Party devotee or two, and someone who believes that gluten is the secret of happiness. (laughs) The family liberals smile at the family wingnuts. The vegetarian daughter-in-law produces her tofu loaf, which looks as if a large animal such as a buffalo came across and dropped it hot and steaming on the plate. (laughs) But no one says anything, of course. She believes the treatment of turkeys is a moral blight on America but she doesn't say anything. The Unitarian cousin listens to the fervent prayer of the Lutheran and murmurs amen at the end. The Viking fans and the Packer fans sit side by side, and I would just say in Texas, the Aggies sit next to the Longhorns. It's a meal of all meals, generous, comforting, completely predictable, and a true test of our civility. And we do it in gratitude for the simple goodness of life. Our consumer society is all about need and craving, and here is a day devoted to something else. I really like that last phrase, here is a day devoted to something else, something different than what the world says Thanksgiving is. It's a season that calls us to look at our hearts and to look at our generosity and the blessings that God has given to us. And so the question that I have for you today is, what is your attitude of generosity? What does that look like? You know, today we give you a very tangible next step uh, to have a food drive to benefit the Lighthouse Christian Ministries and the people they serve. And all through this season, 
there's just more opportunities for you. Uh, there's ways to bless others through not only this food drive, but senior stockings, a student wish list with sponsors and shoppers, Christmas baskets for new parents, fleece blankets for the homeless, prayer walking in neighborhood, community meal sponsors for people in Uganda, children's books for people in Uganda, and serving opportunities with our local partners. This season, there's something for everybody in order to give back and be generous, but I know that's just a taste. That's just what we do here at Gloria Day. I know those of you out there, you have generosity that extends beyond that. You adopt a college student who isn't going home for the holidays and you bring them into your home. You look at your Christmas gifts and you say, you know, I'm not gonna buy gifts as a family. What we're gonna do is we're gonna adopt a family who needs gifts and we're gonna spend the money on them and give them Christmas gifts. There's so many acts of generosity and blessing that extend far beyond Gloria Day. And this isn't about counting the things that you do and giving yourself a pat on the back. It's not about feeling good about yourself that you did something good and that you were a part of that or to say, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing or to make you feel better. That's not the heart of generosity. That's not the heart of gratitude. See, when we look to Jesus, and we look at what his generous heart does for others, it just prompts us to act. It prompts us to give back. When we see Jesus, he heals the blind so they can see. He, he makes people who are lame, he lets them walk. He raises dead people to life so they can live again. And when we look at his love to those people and to you and to me, it prompts generosity. When we look at the blessings that he gives to us, it prompts us to extend those blessings out to others. When we see that we don't deserve anything that comes from Jesus' hands and that he freely gives us his grace and his mercy, eternal life and the blessings in this life, how can we not but give to others? How can we not generously bless those who need those blessings? So every time we remember Today, we remember the blessings that God gives. Every time we remember that, and we're thankful for what Jesus has done in our lives, we are always pushed into the arms of love. We are always pushed into the arms of generosity to give blessings to others. We are blessed to be a blessing so that we can bless those around us. This is very real in my family's life. Uh, Jennifer and I, uh, we had just gotten married. We were newlyweds. Uh, we were living in St. Louis so that I could go to seminary to study to be a pastor, and she was a, a grade school teacher. And one day, the car broke down, and she calls me and says, hey, Randy, the car broke down, and I have no clue how much it's going to be to fix it. And we took it to the shop, and we saw the repair bill, and sure enough, that repair bill, there was more money on that repair bill than in our bank account. And we had no clue what we we're going to do. Where's the money going to come from? And so we just said to the shop, you're going to have to hold on to it. We're just going to have to figure out, you know, how to put two pennies together and, and get this uh, bill paid so that you can fix the car. And I kid you not, that, that night when we were going through our mail, we're going through the other bills that we had to pay, and there was one envelope that stuck out among the rest. We took out this envelope, and it was from someone that we didn't expect. We're like, what is this? And as we opened it up, the women's uh, group at my church that I grew up in had sent us a check. And it was unexpected. It wasn't something they promised uh, that was late or anything. It was just out of the blue. They said, we have been blessed to be a blessing to you, and we hope that this helps you as you start this new career path. 
And I kid you not, that check was the same amount earlier that day of the invoice of the car repair. And I was completely blown away. Now, in my prayer time with God, I said, God, if you can make that happen, I wish you could have doubled that check to make <laughs> other bills pay. <clears throat> but in my heart and in Jennifer's heart, we were so grateful and thankful, like, okay, we can get back on the road again. And, and that generosity, that blessing was an extension. They didn't know it was broke. They, they didn't know our need. And yet God orchestrated those events so that we could experience the blessing of someone else. And when we experience that, we extend those blessings to others. It prompts us to give back. It prompts us to say, how can we be so selfish? How can we hoard and keep everything to ourselves? How can we give back and extend that blessing to others? See, God's blessings ha has a long trail. And, and I'm not saying as you follow Jesus, those kinds of things are going to happen. But what I am saying is as we follow Jesus, he's going to expose our heart and he's going to challenge us to be generous. He's going to give us those opportunities to be a blessing to others. He's going to show us the depth of his mercy and his grace, and it's going to prompt us to give to others. It's going to prompt us not to hoard it and keep it to ourselves, but to bless others and extend that blessing so that God's love and grace can be poured through you to many more people. See, God doesn't bless us in order to raise our standard of living. He blesses us to raise our standard of giving and our standard of generosity, to say, you are giving this much, how much more can you give? How much more can you extend to others? Jesus' love will always stretch us in ways that we can never imagine possible. And yet when we take those steps and we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and we see the blessings around us and we've, we talk to God and we say, how can we extend these blessings to others? He always works inside of us a generous heart, a thankful heart, a heart full of joy and gratitude, not only for everything he's given us, but for everything he's extending to others through us. We came across a, a really powerful testimony, um, and we'd love to have you hear this testimony. Uh, so as I invite Kurt Rosenhagen forward, he's going to share his testimony of how he and his family have been blessed to be a blessing to others and extend that blessing out to others. And, and as he comes forward, uh, I really want to focus on Psalm 136. So when Kurt is done with his testimony, we're going to look at Psalm 136 and remember all the things that God has given to us in our lives spiritually so that we can extend those things in other people's lives and see God's grace and love. Um, so I invite you to turn to Psalm 136 uh, in the Bible in the pew ahead of you or on your electronic device. Keep that handy. And uh, as Kurt wraps up, we'll circle back to Psalm 136. But until then, uh, we want you to hear this testimony uh, and be inspired uh, by the everyday acts that God is prompting you to take so that you can be a blessing to those around you. Kurt. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Um, some of y'all may know that uh, I retired uh, this past year, and it, since then I've been spending my time writing Bible study devotions that I email out every day. Uh, about a month and a half ago, the topic was Genesis 12, 1 to 3, which is God's calling to Abraham where he says, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to others, and through you all people on earth will be blessed. And Pastor Dan read that and emailed me and said, hey, can you share this, uh, the devotion part of that with, uh, with the congregation? So... Um, so I'd like to do that now. Um, so blessed to be a blessing, that's not just to Abraham, but that's also to you and me. Just like Abraham, God blesses us so that we can be blessings to others. 
God blesses us and calls us to bless others so that all people on earth can be blessed. But it doesn't stop there. As we are blessings to others, and as God blesses others through us, we are tremendously blessed in the process. As we are blessed further, we can bless more. Jesus pointed out this increasing cycle of blessings when he said that whoever has, more will be given. Growing in God's blessings as we let him bless others through us is not only a blessing in itself, but it's also a responsibility. Jesus reminded us that God has called us to bless others in proportion to how he's blessed us. In Luke 12, he said, much is required from the person to whom much is given. Much more is required from the person to whom much more is given. Well, God has blessed my family in, in many more ways than we could ever count. I could make my comments extremely long by trying to recount all the many ways that God has blessed us. And even then, I know I'd miss a bunch. When we think of blessings, the first type of blessing we typically think of is financial. But, and we place a lot of value on our financial blessings, but that's one of the least important of the many ways that God blesses us. Think about some of the types of blessings that you've received that God showered on you over the years, and you'll find that most of them are not financial. I could give you examples of any type of blessing, but since financial is typically on the front of everybody's minds, I'll touch on that. There's much about this topic that I prefer to keep private, but I will share some things in hope that they may encourage you and your response to God's blessings. My wife and I had very little at the beginning, but we always tithed and gave extra offerings from the start. There are many times that things got tight, but we continued to try to support God's kingdom and others first. God blessed me throughout my career, and though we were, therefore we were able to do much more than we ever expected to be able to do. We found a lot of fun in being able to step up and take care of special needs that would arrive, arise in our church family and beyond. We've really enjoyed sharing our homes with others in ways such as housing student teachers and others, offering our beach home at the Shrimp Bowl and other ways. I was raised to be pretty frugal, so during my career I was careful with our finances and put money aside whenever I could. I put some in mutual funds that grew quite a bit over the years, um, and I learned that by donating those appreciated funds to the church, the church got the full value without either of us having to pay any taxes. So it was a big plus. <laughs> Um, a few years ago, I learned of, a, of another approach and went a step further and set up a donor advised fund that we call the Rose Fund. When you have a donor advised fund, you can name it whatever you want. And it stands for Rosenhagen Outreach Supports Eternity. We donate appreciated funds to that fund when the market's up, and then we gift from it for our offerings and also as other opportunities present themselves. My hope is to build it up so that our children can manage and gift from it in the future. We really enjoy when, when we make a difference by giving, and we want our children and grandchildren to experience that joy also. So like Abraham, we are blessed to be a blessing so that through us, all people on earth can be blessed. As our perfect father, God loves to bless us. He showers his blessings on us every year, every day, every minute of our lives. He's the source of everything. All that we have are blessings on loan from him. 
that our blessings have a much greater purpose than ourselves. We are to use them to bless others. We are to take everything that God has given us, everything that God has done in us, and use it to be a blessing to others. The greatest blessing that we have is the ability to share, share the greatest blessing that we've received with others, and that is the gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus. It was through Abraham and his descendants that God sent his son to take away the sins of the world. It was through Abraham and his descendants that God brought salvation to all people on earth through the sacrifice of Jesus. It was through Abraham and his descendants that all people on earth are blessed through God's saving grace. We are descendants of Abraham by grace through faith. And as descendants of Abraham by faith, we continue to be that channel to bless all people on earth with eternal life as we share our faith with them. So I'll close with some encouragement that Paul gave to the church in Corinth. He said, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Thank you, Kurt, for sharing that testimony and raising our vision beyond just financial blessings uh, that God has given to us and to help see the different kinds of blessings that God gives and to prompt you to say, how can I be generous with those blessings? Let's look at Psalm 136. And this psalm is a very unique psalm. Uh, typically, uh, psalms you, you read through or it's a song uh, that the congregation or that the worship leaders at that time would share. But this psalm, you'll notice that after every verse, there's a refrain. There's an expected response back from the people listening to this psalm. And this is where we experienced that earlier in the worship service, where we thanked God for all the blessings here at Gloria Day. And then you responded, his steadfast love endures forever. So as we look at Psalm 136, this psalm helps us see the many different blessings that God gives to us. The blessings that this psalmist talks about, talks about blessings of the Israelites and, and of their journey with God. And we can easily translate that to our journey with God today. So if you look with me in verse 1, it starts out, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And there's that refrain again, For his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, and his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his steadfast love endures forever. And this is where the psalmist begins to recount the blessings that come from his hand. In verses four through nine, it talks about creation and how we look at the sun, moon, and stars and everything in all creation. We are just in awe of God's blessings for what he's created. His steadfast love endures forever. In verses 10 through 15, he talks about how he delivers people from difficult circumstances. For the Israelites, it was Egypt and slavery. What does that look like for us today? What are we enslaved by? What holds us back from being the true children of God that we are, that he's called us to be. In the following verses of 16 through 20, it talks about how God rescues those who are stuck, lost, or confused. In what ways has God blessed you so that you have clarity and so that you have purpose and you have a mission in this world? What does that look like? 
And in the following verses, he talks about God rescuing people when they are attacked, when people are coming after them. When have you felt attacked? When has God delivered and rescued you from those moments? Those are just quick snapshots in this psalm that raises our vision to see how God has blessed us and been generous to us in our lives, not just our finances, so that we can be a blessing to others, that he could use us to help rescue others who are trapped in their sins, that we can help raise the vision for others to see in all creation there is a God who loves them, that we can see how God rescues those who are lost or confused that God is present in all of it, in all of our lives. And then look how the psalm ends in verse 23. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, rescued us from our foes, gives food to all people. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. May God's love continue to resonate in your heart as he grows within you a more generous heart that as you thank him for all the blessings that come from his hand, that you ask God to give you strength and wisdom to extend those blessings out to others, that you would rescue those who are trapped in their sins, that you would be that person to give people hope and purpose in this life, that you can be a blessing to others, that God's presence might be made known in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope God used this time to turn your heart more towards Him. Be sure to check out Glory Day online at gdlc.org for next steps you can take. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston as we help more people live life with Jesus every day.